0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Channel Business Podcast with Hanne. Channel Business Podcast is all about sharing ideas, insights and valuable tips from leaders around the world who have been rising through the struggles to where they are now. And today we are talking about leadership and what it means to have that in a global level. We're going to dive into the topic with Blaine Bartlett.
1: Business has a responsibility, I think it has a moral responsibility to recognize the power that it has for good. And I don't think many business leaders approach what they do with their companies from that perspective.
0: The podcast episodes will teach you about different things, what you can take in your daily life as a leader. To take things forward from one step to another, we will talk about all facets of life. What are the essential steps for you to take the business forward? I'm your Channel Business Podcast host, Hanne Nordinen, a global business influencer, taking you to this growth ride of Channel Business episodes. Wayne Bartlett is international best-selling author, leadership and executive coach. He's a keynote speaker, co-host on Bloomberg TV, and a host of Solo of Business podcast, and also a TEDx speaker. He's an international respected and sought-after thought leader, recognized as one of the world's top leadership and executive coaches, and has been featured as one of the world's greatest motivators in TV series in the U.S. He's also been featured in the movie and the book Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. And as a Finnish woman myself, I'm very happy to tell you that Blaine has also been the subject of extensive interviews on the future of organizations in some of the Finnish business magazine over the years. Blaine is the president and the CEO of Avatar Resources, his company, which has been founded in the 1980s and they have four offices in different countries. And on top of this all, Blaine holds positions in associate professor in Beijing University in China. He's a faculty member of American College of Assistant Executives and serves as a board member of the World Business Academy in Solar Incorporations and an unstoppable foundation. He also serves as advisor in many different boards, in Tokyo-based all Nippon management and also a consulting association and the same kind of position also in Beijing, China, just to name a few. Blaine has been saying things which I quote now. My life's work is dedicated to ensuring that business leaders develop the skills, competency and capacity to lead such an undertaking as it's key to them, they people and their organizations thriving. He is definitely one of the most compassionate leaders, coaches, and humans I've ever met and got to know. So today, in this episode of Channel Business Podcast, we are moving possibilities in reality through leadership. It's my great honor and privilege to introduce you to Blaine Bartlett. Welcome,
1: Blaine. thank you. Moi,
0: moi. <laughs> I love that.
1: <laughs> it is a moi, moi. Yeah. Moi, moi. <laughs>
0: To tell the audience, "The moi moi is the Finnish way of saying hello. (laughs) Just to people that won't know. We can start with this actually. It's a funny thing that you are there now in, in Seattle in US and I'm here in Helsinki, Finland, but we have something in common that you have been leading and guiding top executives also long time here in Finland and Helsinki. And that's actually how I get to know you back in the many moons ago. <laughs> I read you about the different magazines and all that. So, what is this committed to and inspired to to create all this leadership thing? What does it mean to you?
1: Oh goodness, um, I well, there there's two things that come to mind for me. Just as. Uh, the, uh, a way to answer what I think is actually a fairly deep and complex question and I want to thank you for asking it and thank you for asking me to be on the show. Um, thank you. For first of all, I with, oh yeah, I, I start with a premise that uh, business is the most pervasive and consequential force on the planet. Uh, there is nothing that escapes the touch of businesses activities on this planet, nothing. Uh, I can be an oyster, in the middle of the South Pacific, and I will be touched by the activity. By business. By business, I I (laughs) definitely will. So business has a responsibility, I think it has a moral responsibility, to recognize the power that it has for good. And I don't think many business leaders approach what they do with their companies from that perspective. So that moves us into this idea of leadership. I, I, I really do believe that uh, business can be a spiritual discipline. Uh, and I mean wow. spiritual in sense that it will bring out the best in people if we actually organize ourselves around that. And, and, and business is really nothing less and nothing more than a mechanism by which we organize our behavior as human beings. I mean, that's what it is. Well, And that's how, we organize, yeah. Yeah, how we organize our behaviors make a difference. And most people will tend to organize their behavior around fear and scarcity. And this is why competition is part of the economic model that most of us are familiar with. Competition is rooted in a context and a mindset of scarcity. It's an abundant universe. There's no need for competition in the way that most people actually engage it. And
0: and, And, and and how they think it.
1: And how they think it. Uh, we organize our systems, we organize our companies around a mindset of scarcity. And fear is not a creative, generative position to be taking. And with yeah. our city part of, the, part, of the, part of the mix, fear is also going to be coming along with that. I'm going to be missing out. I'm not going to get mine. Those sorts of things. So I think leaders in this kind of this full circle to finish the yeah. answer here leaders have a responsibility effective leaders have a responsibility to take care of the whole and i and i do think that's business's responsibility is to honestly and and uh, fundamentally take care of the whole because we touch everything we touch everything so i need to make sure my actions my behaviors take into account that i am impacting the whole
0: yeah and, and not just one thing or some civic industry because we all know it. even in our daily life as a, as a human outside of the work we touch lots of different things It's the family or the garbage or just you know public transport or cars or whatever the nature or all that but we just don't think about it
1: yep oh, that's no. exactly. everything is connected everything is connected so true um yeah. You know, I'll i yeah, perhaps embarrass you just a bit, but you, you 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 did an intervention the other day with some school kids uh-huh. fighting on the playground. I did. Yeah. And it was and it was that action was taken because you recognize that people are connected, that everything is connected, and to ignore a behavior that's egregious is not going to serve society as a whole. Exactly. And, yeah. So business leaders that ignore the consequences of their business's actions.
0: Which could be at be the help. moment something very little, but yeah. it could actually in later term create such a huge impact for the good or the bad.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And, at the end, and I really you know well, thank you for bringing that point up because most people when we start talking about some of these things, they think, well, God, that's utopia, that's ideal. Who am I to do something? It's just little things. The way I talk to my coworker, the way I uh, give, you know, make a request of somebody if I happen to be you know, uh, the boss of, uh, of of somebody in an organization, how do I make the request? How do people feel about themselves when they're in my presence? Do they feel uplifted? Do they feel okay. empowered? Do they feel ennobled? Do they feel seen? And, uh,
0: Safe and secure, all that, like,
1: all of that, yeah.
0: I remember you saying somewhere that, and like you said at the beginning, that if you have the fear, you are not being creative and you are not building the world in in as a whole in in a good sense. So absolutely. If, oh
1: wow. Yeah, an old mentor of mine and a good friend of mine, he he has passed on uh, now is Jerry Dipolsky, Doctor Jerry Dipolsky, PhD. I yeah. uh, wrote a book a long time ago that was called "Fear is the absence of love," or actually, more precisely, uh, yeah. Well, that that was about fear. Absence is letting go. of love. Yep. Yep. is Yeah. Love. It's not. Yeah. It's not hate that engenders fear. It's yeah. the absence of the experience of love, and love is predicated on feeling connected. That's so understand. true. Wow. I'm everything.
0: It is actually like that. Yeah. Things are hitting, you know, just different kind of thoughts are going through my head. But but it is, like, you know, as simple as it is, th- that's from the fear. We as leaders, as humans, as workers, whatever partners, we create things, our behaviors and thoughts. And if the thoughts are negative, then you behave in a certain way and it creates a certain kind of impact. So that, yeah. got, you know, leads us um, to my s- next question, which is, what is your mission statement?
1: My mission statement. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <Are> you've <laughs> been working, you know, around the, around the world with different kind of leaders and people and, and teams and organizations and cultural differences. You've been dealing with those kinds of things and, and over the decades that you've been working with all these amazing people, you must have come down to a certain kind of idea and statement that you have now.
1: Yeah, I, I actually have it. And, and uh, the point you make is absolutely uh, spot on. It's an iterative process. Yeah, yeah. What I would have, how I would have answered this question 20 years ago is different than how I would answer it today. So, and I, and I mentioned that because people think that they have to land on a purpose. What's my purpose? Purpose I'm evolves. Purpose evolves if I'm growing. If I'm growing, I'm gonna be getting, I'll be seeing different things. I'll be becoming aware of different things. Uh, the container of my life starts to expand and I start to notice opportunities to express myself in different ways and to make impact in, in different ways. So yeah, I've, I've played with all kinds of words with this. My, yeah. yeah, How I define my purpose in life today mm-hmm. uh, is that I see myself as a teacher. Uh, so my purpose in life is to teach teach life all
0: well, that what, what you've seen heard learned experience to put it like push it forward give it forward for other yeah. people
1: yeah yeah and the idea of mean you know, to teach life uh and I'm, you know it's, you know i want to be very clear here i'm not being grandiose with this it's uh, yeah. it's not like i have answers But I do have experience and I know things are connected. I really, in my bones, in my soul, I know that everything is connected. So when I'm teaching life, I'm teaching really about connection. I'm teaching about how do I honor, how do I uh, leverage, how do I foster greater awareness around the intrinsic connection that exists between everything. Not just everybody, but everything on this That is planet. so true. And wow. It, 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 it being, you know, and that teaching takes a lot of forms, uh, you know, conversations with my grandkids, uh, takes form of uh, you know, hugging my wife uh, and doing interviews like this, uh, my writings, uh, video shows that I do, TV shows that I do. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of modalities uh, that I can work with. But it fundamentally comes down to, I teach, therefore I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is so deep now already. Oh my god, I love this. But the, the, all the things that you've been saying so far, are really like. So simple things in life, but they are things that we tend to forget, and we don't maybe tend to understand. We see them, we acknowledge them, but we don't kind of absorb them. We we don't take them, you know, as a sponge and and just grow from that that that's yeah. how I see it now.
1: Yeah. I never I my experience of, of, of people on this planet is that we tend to complicate things unnecessarily.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> I agree. Even you know, myself, you know, as a parent or as a leader, yeah. Exactly. And you know, with, we fall into that
1: trap. Yeah. We do. And, and and the kids I mean, the drama that the kids can make up about, uh you
0: know, <laughs> oh, whatever. And,
1: and if people can begin to appreciate that there's nobody and no thing out there except me and my projections, it can reduce the drama, because what I'm being presented with is nothing more than an out picturing of what's going on in my own mind. So it's a gift. I mean, I mean if, if something's perturbing me outside, it's a gift for me. It's a, basically it's a call for me to look at what am I? What am I? You know, what's going on in my own? self but egoic
0: compared to what is going on in the outside world out of me
1: change change what's in here and i will change what's out there i will guarantee it change what's in here and i will change what's out there
0: that's so true if we change the way of thinking and perceiving things Mm -hmm. it changes the the outcome of how we see the world and how the others are treating
1: us as well exactly yeah wayne dyer famously said a long time ago change how i look at something and, and what i look at changes and it does it really, yeah it really does
0: and that is something that leaders should acknowledge yep okay so what's your superpower then teaching people life
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, think oh uh, that, that's a great question uh, yeah, honestly, honey, I, I I think it's curiosity. I I'm really, yeah, there's in, inquisitive and then there's curious. Inquisitive is, to, you know, kind of tell me more, but curious is what's behind that? Oh, yeah. What's in there? I cannot walk by a closed cupboard without opening it up. Yeah, you know, just to see what's in there.
0: So so you see the whole world and the, whole, the life itself as like a Pandora's box. There's always something in it.
1: It's like, oh, the, yeah,
0: Aliza in Wonderland. You just go and, and see and experience.
1: How is this put together? Yeah. Uh, how does it work? What happens if I take this piece out? Uh, does it what still- What
0: falls, what uh, rises, yeah.
1: Yeah. All of those sorts of things. I, I, I And that's been true for me, you know, since I was as far as back as I can remember, I've always been looking under rocks or-
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it the starts character... from there.
1: It's really served me well. Uh,
0: oh yeah, yeah. Maybe that's something that really connects us, because I, I've always, as far as I remember, I've been the, the very curious, brave, woman to go and yeah. seek for things and go in the, the path that is, not so often walked and just doing the things, because, out of my curiosity, I, I wanted to see and learn. It, I was thinking that I'm not even though that I'm a woman, I can still do and go shooting with the boys. It doesn't restrict me or I can do the woodwork. I don't have to go and knit because I don't like that and I suck it. so (laughs) so, so It brings me down to that, that uh, the way that you see yourself as a leader or as a human, you should be courageous and go after things and be curious about life. And, and like you said, how things are connected, how people are connected, and what's behind all that? Why do you think the way that you think, and what do you see here if you do this and that?
1: If when I stop being curious, I run the risk of looking up one day and and recognizing that I'm in a rut. Yep. I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again. And there's two things that happen here. One is my sense of aliveness starts to disappear. That's One of the things true. I love about, you know, looking around kids because, I mean, kids are running everywhere. That I mean, they, you know, and they really are. They're curious. Or, you know, they're, they're looking up and they're all alive. Their energy just is effortless. Yeah. You start getting, you know, around uh, adults and that's kind of like, God, you're boring.
0: Oh, yeah. And rounding works, works the life. That's true. You you don't feel that much alive anymore, and right. and you putting down the energy that oh I must have, I must have behave this way or that way.
1: Yep, we we get habituated. We start doing things over and over and over again the same way. We see we see the same people. We eat the same foods. We don't explore. We don't experiment. Yeah, you know, a rut is nothing more than a coffin with the ends kicked out. That's all that, a rut is.
0: That is so true. Oh my God. So yeah.
1: So people die in their ruts. I mean, not yeah. physically necessarily, but emotionally, spiritually, um, you yeah, know, energetically, they die in their ruts, and they're no fun to be around. I mean, have yeah, a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world, a fellow by the name of Bob Proctor. Uh,
0: I think some, he, people yeah. Yeah, some people
1: might know him, yeah. know, some people might know
0: Okay, all the glory to Bob.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Absolutely. Uh asked him a long time ago, this you was know, probably about 10 years ago, said, yeah, Bob, yeah, and yeah, Bob is eighty-seven, uh, yeah. and uh, chronologically kind of up there. Uh, said this was ten years ago, so he's in his seventies. Says you, you're so vibrant, so alive. He says, "Aren't you?" See? He says, "I don't hang around old people." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I bet there's behind
0: all that is the curiosity, because I, I remember uh, what yeah some interview what where he said that that is because of the curiosity what he has. Yeah. He doesn't feel. What is he eighty seven now yeah, that you know he feels like fifty or whatever, Yep. and I've heard that my grandma saying that you know it's not about the age in chronological way, but it's the the age that you feel in your heart and in your mind, and you should mm-hmm. believe that absolutely not that yeah, oh my gosh, yeah well that covers all the things that I was going to ask you some time ago, that how have you developed as an entrepreneurial leader? But there, there we go. Being curious all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah. But, my, you know, yeah. my dad, my dad was, uh, was an entrepreneur. And as
0: well. So it runs in a lot. It, it
1: truly was. And one of the things that I learned from him was just because I don't know how to do something is not a reason not to do it.
0: Oh, uh, that's your dad's?
1: That's my dad's. It was, yeah, he started at least three businesses that I know of when I was growing up that uh-huh. he, he, he had no expertise in that field. He didn't know anything about it.
0: But he just uh, went and do it and, and find it, it out. Looked
1: attractive. It looked attractive. He says, I think I can do something with this. I mean, he started a, 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 a truck line. He, you, know, you, know, uh-huh. trucks, big, you know, these big, big semi trucks. He started a company that ended up having a number of different uh, tractors and trailers and what. And, and he didn't know how to drive a truck. Yeah. He had not the first clue about how to actually put one of these things together. And he just started it. And it was very successful. He started a pizzeria. He'd never cooked. He never cooked anything in his life that I can remember. <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> okay. He made some of the best pizzas I've ever eaten in my life. And it was a wildly successful little pizzeria in, in this downtown, that they lived in. Yeah, uh, And he just said, I, I think we can do something with this. I think this would be a good thing to do. And what was key about this was it brought life to him, but he did it because it also brought life to other people. So for
0: because- himself and for the others. Yeah. Yeah. So you think that is also something that besides the curiosity for leaders that you should, what I picked it out and what I heard, between the lines was from your dad which is very similar to my dad you know you just go and do what you like not what you can but right. what I heard from yours your dad's story was that you know he went and searched for those opportunities and grabbed the opportunity by horns and and just did it yep and he was evolving all the time learning new things being like an agile learner so to say
1: Yeah, learning agility. Yeah, I mean he would take information that he had accumulated over you know up to that point in his life and go, I think I can apply this over here. Yeah. I don't know exactly how, but I think I can do that. So So
0: he was taking things from something what he had learned, seen, heard and applied that or put that into the situation that where he is in
1: now. Yep. Yeah, he was very good at connecting the dots.
0: Oh and I think from my point of view, that should be something that the leader should remember and and be aware. You know, I remember you saying sometimes that you know uh, you should see, sit down and see what comes out and what should be evolving and and what where are the opportunities that you can grab into today? How you can apply the things that you've experienced from past in today's
1: world? Exactly. As long as I continue to move it. Yeah. Moving forward. Moving forward, something will appear. You know, what trips up and what stops many entrepreneurs and what stops a lot of leaders from being as effective as they can be Mm -hmm. is thinking that they have to know how before they begin. They don't have to know how. And that's particularly particularly true if you're moving into or if you're asking your organization to move into a place that it's never been before. Yeah, how do we do that? We don't have a clue, but we know that we, if we start, the how will begin to get answered. We will. Yeah, you know, when I was doing work with Nokia. Now back yeah, in the
0: here we go, go come back to Finland. we <laughs>
1: back to Finland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and for, for our Finnish listeners, yeah, I worked with, yeah, I worked with Nokia, and yeah, just mention those two you know, as it, an example. But Lucy Lama, uh, you know, the publishing firm. Nokia was was a really great example of this. Um, they evolving. Evolving, yeah. They didn't know how to be a world dominating player in the telephony game. Yeah. Um, but Yorma Ola, and I just give a lot of credit to him, Matej Uta, Sarim uh um, uh, they they were willing to just start and without develop, knowing how. Without necessarily knowing how. Now they had some templates, obviously. Oh of course, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, as they started expanding, yeah, how do you beat Number one, if you've never been number one. And they ended up being the number one telephony, mobile hands-up uh, purveyor. For very long time. They were the number one camera provider in the world. At yeah, one point in time, they sold more cameras than anybody else in the world. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> it was a fascinating journey. And I, and I worked with them for about, you know, a little bit more than 12 years, I think, uh, as an external consultant. And the same was true with Hutamaki. Yeah, yeah. Guttabaki just really evolved in a lot of ways, not necessarily knowing what's next. They just knew that they had something that they could leverage. So exactly. let's just get started and see where we end up.
0: So what are those key factors, if you think, that the leader should have? We've been mentioning those, but if you point out, you know, two, three, four as words, what, what those would be?
1: Um, I think one of the Absolute critical things is a strong sense of self. Now and I'm speaking very specifically about the leader.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. From a leader's point and, of view. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because when I start moving myself and my organization into places that we've never been before, I will encounter the question, how do I know what to do when I don't know what to do? I mean, which is a fascinating question. How do I know oh, it what is. to do when I don't know what to do? The the answer to that question is rooted in how well i know myself yeah how well i know myself what's the foundation upon which i stand so yeah clarity of values yeah uh, that so that's the-
0: one knowing yourself and your values yeah
1: knowing myself knowing my values knowing what's important to me you know that that for the sake of what yeah simon Sinek talks about the why yeah know your yes. why I think it's a little, I think this for the sake of what is actually a little bit deeper than the why. Because it's.
0: It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that, that's how I discover it as
1: well. Yeah. It is. It, you know, what is this? Yeah, you know, what does having this goal make possible that I wouldn't get to either be, do, or have if we didn't achieve this goal? So yeah. that for the sake of what keeps, you know, you know like you know, an example for me is, uh, I exercise every morning. You know, know, one of the very first things I do when I wake up around. So
0: I I could ask you why you do that
1: and you could give one answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I I give you one answer, well, for good health. Yeah. That's not the reason why. But
0: if I, if I then ask you for the sake of what you do that.
1: So I can continue teaching as long as I can do it. And there we go. (laughs) I want to be, I want to be able to teach in a vibrant, impactful, effective manner for as long as I'm breathing. And I can do that my body is compromised. So that's why I exercise. I don't exercise for good health. Good health is a consequence of that. Yeah. But I exercise so that I can continue doing what my mission is about in life.
0: So we kind of need the Simon next why, which is worldwide unknown. But then if we add there the the next question, for the sake of what, we get the three, uh, the the true... Topic and, and answers for a leader to do things. Okay, what are the next yeah. ones?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pushing you, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you, know, you know, knowing myself, my values, you know, yeah. for the sake of what. The other piece, you know, this is, you know, kind of consistent with how I define leadership itself.
0: That's my one question, so let's put them together. Yeah.
1: yeah you, just, just <laughs> Leadership is, you know, in the way that I work with it, leadership is not a command and control process. That's the old way. That's the old way. It's not about me giving you the direction and saying, go get it. Yep. Um, leadership, in the way I define it, is about co-creating uh-huh. a coordinated movement in service of a desired objective that's important to me, The for, for the, sake of,
0: for the sake of what? Okay.
1: So there's two pieces to that. One is co-creation. And... The other is coordinated movement. Now, I can get coordinated movement using the old leadership model of command and control. People yeah. will do it because I'm the boss and they have to do it.
0: Because of the position, yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's called compliance. Yeah, I have Very to, true. Anytime the, the experience of I have to do something comes into play, by definition, people do not own the objective. Because it's now a have to. It's somebody else's objective. You don't put put
0: your passion there as a leader or as a worker.
1: Absolutely. I will do just enough to get by. Yeah. Which is why co-creation becomes actually the foundational piece of leadership. Co-creation is ownership transfer. Yeah. That's value. That's gem. It is. It's the, yeah. So it moves from me as the leader saying, this is a wonderful idea and I own. I mean, I feel connected. I've emotionally engaged with it. Mm-hmm. To you beginning to see the value for you in a way that emotionally engages you in it. The ownership of it now becomes partly yours. So ownership transferred. You want to have it. You don't have to have it. You want to have you it. You have
0: an option to have it. You, you, In one way I see that You also delegate,
1: but then you also co-own these things. Yep. Yep. That ownership piece is important because from a skill perspective, Mm. how we create co-creation is a communication process.
0: Very true. I I guess that's the third one. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) uh, Mastery of communication. The purpose of communication is to produce a result, you know, so... We communicate for connection. We communicate to solve problems. We communicate to get information. All of those are types of uh, uh, results. So communication is about getting results. Leadership is the same thing. Leadership is about getting results. Leadership and communication are exactly the same thing. So my effectiveness as a leader fundamentally will be determined by how masterful I am as a communicator. Most people in my experience are accidental communicators. They have not been, you know, they, they haven't- They haven't studied it. that? You they haven't studied it. They haven't dedicated the time to understanding what is communication and it's not blah, 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 blah. Communication isn't talking. Communication is the process of working up common meaning with each other.
0: Co-creating and co-owning. And that's,
1: yeah. that's exactly, but when there's common meaning about the importance about the urgency, about the uh, the viability of anything, common meaning, people then have agency to determine is this important for me or not, and if it's important for me, I will own it. That is so. so true. It's that that process of creating common meaning before I start getting anything else going. If um, yeah, there's, it, it makes it a whole lot easier. Oh, it it does
0: it does. You know whether you think of yourself as a leader or a team leader or a boss or whatever, or even a, a worker employee. Yeah. It changes the, the the way that you behave and how you serve things. And do you give your ideas, your time, your dedication to the thing, or or it's just
1: getting by? Leaders that are working with this model, you will find that they ask questions far more than they tell. Very different you know, Really, if, rather than saying, I want you to go do that, they'll say something to the effect of, this is important to me. I'm not sure it's important to you. Can you tell me if we got that, what would it make possible for you? Yeah. What would, why would it be important for you to do to do or have that? That questions will engage. Questions will always engage somebody. And that's the first move an effective leader will make is they will ask a question.
0: So they will listen and communicate this way, asking questions and listening and taking other people's opinions, values, whatever there is yep. into the table and then just go creating from there together with the, the other people, whether they are partners or employees or whoever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And it's well, it's easier to talk about that than it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know,
0: I could slam myself also, but you know, as the world is, a place to grow and, and learn. That's how I think it every day from different things. And it is, it's definitely a that. And the good thing, what I've seen is that I can learn from my mistakes or I can mm-hmm. learn from my experiences. If something didn't work or something give me the result that I wanted as a leader, I need to look at the mirror and change my behavior, my thinking, my communication, whatever that is.
1: Yep. Yeah, mind. that's the first place to start always is back to myself. Yeah. <laughs> like you mentioned. Yeah, I come back yeah. to myself. Yeah. Yeah. He that he doesn't says- let the end of the party off the book. I mean, I I, you know, I, I yeah, accountability needs to be a place in an organization. So if somebody says yes to something, I, I want to be sure that they under you know that they honor or that, that commitment. Yeah, you know, if you said yes, the expectation is that you will follow through on that yes.
0: That's right. That's right. Is there something else in the leadership? The accountability is really good. We have to take accountability as a leader, but also as a team member of something, mm-hmm. and um, or as a humans, like you mentioned, what I did with a couple of kids the other day. That I went and mm-hmm. interfere. They they fight and stop that. But um, uh, uh, that reminds me of something. As you worked in in so many different continents and with so many different people and, you know, just the cultures and everything. uh, When we look at today's world and today's leaders from your perspective, what do you think are the challenges that today's leaders face at the moment? Because because everything is so global (laughs) now, everything is so global.
1: Probably the the single greatest challenge that leaders today face is overcoming a, a deeply rooted mindset that is organized around competition, survival of the fittest, you mean, all of those you know, things that you hear people talking about. Yeah. Um, it is a, in my experience, the universe is a loving universe. Abundant universe. I mean, it's a beneficial universe. It, it really truly is, Uh, and I talk about it from this perspective, that, well, Max Planck, the physicist, you know, Uh father of quantum physics. Uh, Now, this is going to get into kind of a philosophical domain here, but... um, I don't mind. Just give it a go. (laughs) Father of quantum physics says we can get behind everything, and he was talking about the the science, you know, the, the scientific method of reductionism. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. materialism, we can get behind everything. We just, you know, what's behind this? Well, we can
0: back. put it into pieces and see
1: what's behind we can, you, know, yeah. you know, what are the so uh, yeah. building blocks that, you know, kind of great. He said, and this was a realization, we can get behind everything. We can get behind atoms. We can get behind electrons. We can get behind the nucleus. We can get behind, yeah. we can get behind, you know, I mean, but we can't seem to get behind consciousness. Our own consciousness. Consciousness is the first cause of everything is the, is the net. So, Oh, for sure. Uh, and consciousness is, and I don't mean, am I conscious or not? I mean, consciousness, the field, and there's some fascinating studies that are taking place right now that are actually uh, beginning to validate this, but mm-hmm. we live in a field of consciousness that permeates everything. And, it's what gives life, in one sense, to everything. It's what gives form to everything. Yeah, I look at the tree out of my window here, and it's it has consciousness. And I don't mean in the sense that it recognizes that I'm looking at it and that sort of yeah. thing. There's a consciousness that actually made it possible for this tree to germinate and to you know, end up growing.
0: To uh, to be there and and be alive. Be there. Yeah,
1: and and this is where it gets interesting. Um, Thomas Troward, who is a, a, a philosopher that I've spent you know, quite a bit of time studying, uh, talks about beauty, and Plato actually referenced beauty. Uh-huh. Well, beauty being one of the primary virtues in, in, in Plato's uh, constellation of you know, virtues. Uh, Troward talks about beauty being the consequence of actually viewing The spirit then gives form to whatever it is that I'm viewing. So a sunset, a beautiful sunset. What I'm looking at is colors, but when I see the magic behind the colors, when I see the life behind them. That's
0: consciousness.
1: The The same with the Mona Lisa. The same with a nice, well-written play or a, a beautiful movie. Yeah. See the spirit. That I actually gave that thing form. Leadership is the same way. There's a spirit that informs leadership that is connected to everything. Oh, this is getting
0: fascinating.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> well, when I well, when I connect with the sunset, uh, I you know, I am connecting with the sunset. Uh-huh. I, I feel it in here. I feel it inside me. When I connect, you know, I've st- I've stood in front of the Mona Lisa for an hour. Actually, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a number of different. And it's a small little painting but just yeah. you know viewing that through the lens of what's the spirit
0: like what's, the, behind, what's,
1: it? what's yeah. behind it yeah you see the beauty you see the magic it uh
0: by the way things have been done and created and and what's the spirit the thoughts behind that thing if it's something that a human has done it and and or what the nature has done it the, the god or whatever itself that's right. yeah.
1: So, so I go back to business being the most pervasive uh, and powerful force on the planet today. Yeah. It's not necessarily beautiful today because people don't look at it as if it has a soul that is connected to everything. They don't look at business as if it's a, there's a spirit that is connecting everything. When we start looking at business through the lens of where is the beauty, we start seeing the connection.
0: A business so yeah.
1: Business leaders look at what they're doing through the lens of where's the beauty. Uh-huh. They start they start asking themselves questions. How can I be sure that what we are doing is beautiful? And I don't mean cosmetically beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's it's, it's beautiful in the sense that it's honoring the life force that touches everything on this planet. And then yeah in in medicine. Yeah, doctors will take what's called the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. First, do no harm. I think business leaders, whoever, whether it's a, a, a small proprietorship, a corner grocery store, or uh, a fishmonger uh, out on the docks, or somebody yeah. running a Unilever, or Lotia or Budalaki, uh, they should take for themselves an oath that says, first, do no harm. And, and if that was the way that they approached their leadership of their organizations, first do no harm. It changes the decision matrix.
0: It does.
1: It does. It change, It moves it away from ex, you know, what's the most expeditious and profitable thing yeah. that I can do to yeah. what's the most vicious and just that I can do. What's it, the most it, beautiful it, thing that I can do?
0: Yeah. And it, it kind of, when you think of it that way, Uh, I think that then you get to actually think what we don't as leaders, as humans, we may not see what are the other possibilities over there, how it actually affects the different things, what I do if I say this or if I do this, because there's always sort of a consequences or, or... or influence on things. And if we don't think about how far it actually goes, it doesn't show us the beauty of it.
1: Exactly. It doesn't. And, you know, so can I Can I run a chemical company yeah. that doesn't compromise the integrity of a shell of an oyster in the middle of the South Pacific? Yes, and I be- can. But I, yeah, but I need to make decisions in a different way. I need to make choices in a different this, you know, this is you know, kind of what went into uh, my writing of the book, Compassionate Capitalism, mm-hmm. A Journey to the Soul of Business. And that book was the number one international bestseller. We were number one in five international markets. Oh,
0: it's it's been amazing. Yeah.
1: And the idea there is, you know, compassion is not soft and fluffy and, yeah, you know, compassion has a hard edge to it in the sense that it requires hard choices that are in service of so- hard as hard and hard as uh,
0: what we have here in in the body
1: yeah right. yeah so i don't just get to make decisions that are based on profit i get to make decisions if i'm a compassionate leader Heart. yeah or this choice affect the integrity of what we're connected to
0: and and i think that is something that what we face today and in the future more and more the the younger generation as leaders as as um, consumers are being more aware of these kind of things or of the beauty behind different things. Yeah. And and they are demanding more of the different companies, whether it's a grocery store or clothes or cars or electricity or whatever that is. So I think we are getting we are kind of pushed to see what's behind, what's the beauty of it. And yeah, I think is. that that is something that is also changing the leadership, like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, I, that
1: kind of goes back to your question: what's the difference yeah. that I'm seeing? Yeah. Today? Between
0: the or or is there nowadays a difference?
1: Yeah. No, there, there is a difference, and I, and I think it is that greater awareness. Uh, awareness increases choice making, uh, or increases the, the choices that I see available to me. So, an increase in awareness is a That's good, good thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Then we look at what's the behavior that's behind that, you know, enhanced awareness. That behavior needs to be compassionate. It needs to be in service of connection, the uh, yeah, honoring connection. So that's where the compassion comes into play. Uh, oh, wow. Conscious capitalism is all well and good. And I, and I know the author of that, of that you know, John Mackey and Raj Sisodia. I know them yeah. very well. Um, but compassion is the behavior associated with consciousness. Beautiful. If if I'm actually paying attention. Yeah. Because I can be aware, but I can act in ways that go counter to that awareness. If I act compassionately, I'm recognizing the awareness of connection, and I'm acting on that recognition.
0: And then you're making the choices based on those values and and principles and and the beauty that you see on things as a leader. Yeah. So why do you think the leadership is, well, it kind of answers to this question, but, but why do you think the leadership is so important today? Why we have to change that today? It, it was something different two years ago. It was something very different five years ago. It was really different 10 years ago. It's been changing and evolving. But why in today's world it is so important?
1: My answer to that question is pretty simple. Uh, and it's based on what leaders do. Leaders cause movement. That's what leaders do. Now, they do it in a lot of different ways. But leaders, at the end of the day, they cause movement. They cause people to move. They cause things to move.
0: Well, the results, the goals, the aims, what we have. Yeah. But,
1: yeah. So the idea here, just based on that very simple definition, <clears throat> is that everybody is a leader. It's impossible for me to live my life and not be causing movement. I will be causing movement with any... You know, in, you know, right you now, you're causing movement with me, causing movement with me, with you. We are causing collectively movement with our listeners in some way, shape, or form. They'll it's, either yeah, that's right. lean into the, uh, the recording or they'll turn it off or whatever. Yeah. But there's, a, there's movement that's occurring. So the reason that leadership is so important is number one, it's, it is a recognition that everybody is always causing movement. We can't not do that thereby we have a responsibility to cause the kind of movement that produces the results that we say that we weren't. And mm-hmm. most people are not schooled in that notion. They wait for so it, the formal leaders to take the action. Formal leadership is...
0: is old school, think, it's gone, it, it doesn't exist anymore. It
1: doesn't, lead, yeah. Take that notion of formal leadership and toss it into the dust heap of history. <laughs> there are Very good. people occupy in organizations yeah. they're called manager they're called director they're called whatever they're called mm-hmm. but the leaders' role legitimately belongs to everybody now it needs to be organized it needs to be coordinated it needs to be aligned that's leadership yeah that's leadership co-creating coordinated movements. Yeah. But everybody's a leader. Everybody's causing movement. And the sooner the people understand that they have agency, they are always causing movement, the sooner they can begin to start seeing different results in their life.
0: And that comes down to the co-creation, like you mentioned many times.
1: Yes. It's beautiful. And on a, a fundamental level, I am always co-creating with spirit or consciousness. I'm, that, that's mm-hmm. a symbiotic process. I'm always co-creating with spirit. Oh, wow.
0: This this is really, <laughs> really deep, but that's why I love it. It's it's something that you, you've heard, you've seen, you've read, but have you really thought about it that way? I, I think this whole conversation is all about that. Have you really thought about these things as a leader, as a human in this way, in this deep level and in this wide level of seeing things? I love this. I love this. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Great questions. Great questions.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> amazing answers that blow away the mind and, and makes you sit down and think that, oh my gosh, what was happening over there?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how do you keep evolving and developing yourself besides the curiosity and, and exercises and, and talking to amazing people all over the world and doing this teaching work? How do you keep up?
1: Um, I, I study. Uh I mean, I, I truly do. I, I, curiosity is is probably the the impetus for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I am curious I, I study in different domains. I don't just study in my field of expertise. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, I, I read I read physics, quantum physics. I read poetry. I Read uh, uh,
0: all different things.
1: Yeah, philosophy. I mean, just all kinds of things because that broad that that broad exposure. There's something that begins to connect, uh huh. Yeah,
0: so and yeah. and you want to find the connection be- between all these different things, whether it's you know carving a board or just cooking or creating clothes, whatever that is, yeah. leading a business. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty eclectic in my reading I'm pretty uh, wide ranging in my uh, my my listening. I mean, I I I, mm-hmm. I I I explore a lot of things. I enjoy it. Uh, I do a lot of reading. So
0: there's also the fun aspect of that as well. Yeah, Yep. Yep. And yeah, have, that is important. Fun. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because
0: the way that I, um, I function, I I work, and I I live my life is also very similar. That I call it as hunger of life, and that has kept me going. It it that's me that works for me, and that's one of the reasons why I do different kind of sports. And one of the reasons I've done, you know, acting I've been singing, I've been doing this and that, but when I do the leadership work and when I'm acting as the leader and and being the leader, whether it's in family or at work or different tasks that I do, I can start to see the beauty of these alignments much easier when you are aware of different things. You don't have to know them so deeply. But being aware, having the consciousness, like you said,
1: what what limits me is not who I think I am; it's who I think I'm not, and I want to continuously expand that question of who I think I am not.
0: And that's it's something like, the leader should pay attention. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. the fear before, but the limitations that are there is is this our but, imagination actually?
1: It's all our imagination. Be willing to be a learner. Yeah, and this is one of the reasons that people find themselves in ruts later on in life is they 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 don't, they're afraid of the experience of being a learner again, a beginner mm-hmm. again. So
0: they they just might, like, uh, I think that comes from the sport world, uh, that what we all have, must have heard at some point, that when you are doing the sport, you are the world champion, the athletic, who everybody knows. Nowadays, they also the teaching and, and academic work and, and studying besides doing the sport as your major. Mm. So when you finish being the world best runner or swimmer or whatever, there's a life after that as well.
1: Yeah, yep, absolutely. So
0: the, so the leader should also, for that, for the sake of what, going and live your life and being the best leader you can be. Be interested about different things, whether it's something that you don't really like, but but something you might just also find the fun from it yeah, doing I, whatever.
1: I wanted to learn about money years ago, just kind of how does money work, and so yeah. I went and I got a security license. You know, so you know, so oh I, my gosh, I can sell securities, and just getting schooled in what was that about? Um, I you, you was curious about how the ocean works, so I you know, became a certified scuba diver, and I got yeah you know, four or five different ratings. Yeah. You know, Search and rescue, I you know ice diving. I mean, just oh. so I, I not just you yeah, kind of went up uh, flying. I yeah, I got a pilot's license. I became an aerobatic pilot. I you know flew, flew gliders. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Got certified as a tug pilot. Yeah, not because I was going to be a professional, but because I was curious about how does all of this work. Oh yeah. And those in, in cooking, I love to cook. My wife and I both we absolutely love cooking. So. Uh, just you know, learning how to you know, assemble different ingredients and pay, pay attention yeah. to different So just kind of expanding horizons and all of it's useful in some way.
0: And uh, and then when you know a little bit of all things, you don't have to be the master of everything right. as a leader, but, but knowing... These things, and then asking the questions: how they are aligned? What? Where's the connection between cooking and and carving and scuba diving and whatever that is? Is there the possibility for me to lead this company towards that possibility, or or is there a possibility, or can I create the possibility? Is there a need actually for that?
1: Yeah, there is. I mean, Richard Branson. I mean, what, what I mean.
0: Oh, he he's amazing. is amazing. <laughs> they
1: all, you know, all kinds of stuff, and. Uh, Jeff Bezos is is just kind of the same way, and Elon Musk. You know, these yep. guys they explore different domains. They, they kind of get out there, they do different things. And I mean, if if my purpose, my mission is to teach life, mm. I need to know life. What life? Definitely. What life? Definitely. Uh, for the sake of what? I don't you know just do it because uh, looks like a good idea. Let's let's go learn how to you know, explore and see what that's about
0: and that's something for the leaders how to remain being a good leader
1: and and to remain alive to, to remain that's not just physically but alive
0: Because it's a spiritual thing like i, I was um we have a mutual friend me and blaine called lynn <laughs> kitchen who is who's the world's greatest motivator, uh tv show host and you've been also in that one and Something just came up to my mind what, um, got out of a conversation. What I was having with Lynn was that her mother is 99 and blind and in wheelchair and all that sort of things. But, but she said in one of the, um, shows for Lynn that, you know, it's about the imagination, your spirit. And we've seen, yeah, yeah, we've seen lots of these kind of leaders. In the world, uh, some of them are uh, passed by at this time already, but their physical limitations are not there to limit us. It's only the
1: imagination uh, imagine, imagination is that imagination lives at the threshold yeah. of the soul. And if I want to access my soul and what by soul, I'm not talking religious, I'm talking yeah. about the spirit. Yep. And life force,
0: soul and, of yourself, soul of being uh, a leader.
1: Imagination is the gate. You know, it's the gateway. Yeah, you know, so I start imagining. I started not just daydreaming frivolously, but imagining possibility, and then I find ways to move possibility into reality. And that's at the end of the day, what highly effective leaders do is they they imagine possibility and then find ways to move possibility into reality, so that people have experience of it. Oh wow.
0: This is very good. This is very good. And uh, I I hope that the listeners are getting these gems out of the question, uh, the the whole conversations here, because I think there's a plenty of those. It's about the the way of seeing things and and imagining all that and just co-creating. It's something different. What I learned through you and through your words is that cooperation is a different thing than co-creation. And
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> so that's something what leaders should do. But bringing this whole conversation to an end, which I wouldn't like to do, because I would just love to go and talking about this the whole <laughs> day, whole evening. But um, to wrap it up in a way, what would you say uh, would be um, one single thing that all the leaders should remember from our conversation and the experience based on your your life up to up today. What what they should learn. Remember.
1: You're not getting out of this alive. <laughs> Is it that one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I carry a coin with me. Um uh, and it's got a, a Latin inscription on it. actually it's a Greek inscription. Yeah. Memento Mori. Remember I must die. So yeah, and I, and, I, and I use that you know, all the time. Uh, I'm, I, t- I touch it seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine times a day. Uh, it's in my pocket. It's always in my pocket. Okay. And it's kind of like, what am I spending my life on? Yeah. Each moment dies, gives birth to the next moment. Uh, Remember, uh, I must die. Yeah. What am I dying for? What is that moment dying to give? It's dying for some, it's, it's dying for a purpose. What's it giving, you know, what's it giving birth to? Yeah. When we look at nature, everything in nature is continuously in the process of dying in order to generate new life. So as a leader, I've got a finite amount of energy, I've got a finite amount of time, specifically. To- mm-hmm. How am I investing it? I'm either investing it or I'm spending it. Spending it, I don't get any return. Oh, yeah. Investing it, I get a return.
0: Of some yeah. sort, it might be a legacy or whatever, yeah, a product. Right
1: so what am i spending what am i investing i'm dying for this i dying. What, what am i willing to die for on a daily moment by moment basis
0: and that's i don't important. think yeah I, I don't think many leaders have thought about it that way
1: yeah well that's that's big one <laughs> <laughs> wow wow <laughs> so
0: that's that's another way of saying that if i would die now what would be the left, but that's a deeper thing. What am I dying for as a leader or as a human?
1: Yeah. Yeah, when I'm exercising in the morning and it's painful, (laughs) what am I dying for? I'm dying so that I'm able to teach Yeah. when I'm in my 90s. Oh,
0: wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a good one. I think that that's something totally different than I was thinking it could be. And I think that might be something different for other <laughs> listeners as well, that they, <laughs> they would not maybe expect it, but that's the beauty of this thing that we can learn and, yes. and think about things in a different perspective and then choose which way to go and what to do with that information. But that's amazing. Okay. One last question. Besides all this, what are you most grateful for now?
1: Right now, in this moment, is this conversation.
0: <laughs> thank you.
1: <laughs> really, it's, it's, it's one of the things I'm most grateful for right now in this moment. Uh, this has been enjoyable. I've been, yeah, I've, I've you, you created openings for conversations that I love having. I mean, uh, and this is just, it matches my purpose in life. <laughs> so I want to thank you for the platform. I'm very grateful. For this platform
0: thank you thank you plain and i um the reason why i wanted to ask you this and and to all my guests is that i think we should acknowledge more what we are grateful for now and look at the leadership also through that yep absolutely. so that we can create the positive impact that the leader
1: should create yes
0: so i, I want to thank you for this <laughs> beautiful, beautiful conversation that we've been having today. And I do hope that the listeners will get the gems out of it and listen to this again and again and again, because I think there are so many things. And I have to do that myself as well. <laughs> you can't write down those things because I'm a visual person, but I also see things, but then I have to go back and, and put them to in the frame that I write them, I see them, I hear them. Yep. That's the way for me as a leader to learn and, and things forward. So thank well, you, well, my, you.
1: Yeah. yeah speaking of it, people can find out more about what I'm up to at blainebartlett.com. And you know, pretty simple. There's one word, blainebartlett.com. And I've got some free resources up there. Uh, you know, some books that they can download, different things that they can look at, that sort of stuff. So
0: Excellent. Because I was just going to ask you, where do they find you? Where do you spend That's your time? Work with <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And then I know that you have something a little also in Instagram and Facebook. So go and look yeah. at Blaine Bartlett over there as well. Yep. Well, thank you, Blaine, for the interview. It's been truly a pleasure and honor to learn from your experience and have all these different kind of views that There wouldn't be without you. So that's why I love having different kind of people because we can always learn
1: something more. Well, thank you for the invitation to uh, sit with you and have a conversation. I, I love conversation. Sit long and talk much.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Co-create. Yes. <laughs> Different things. Thank you, Plain.
1: You bet. Be well.
0: We're well. And thank you for the listeners of today's episode. So We are going forward with the next ones.